John. Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia, and with me today is Vicar Allen. Hi. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So today we're discussing your sermon from this past Sunday, which was on the parable of the sower, right? Yep. You want to give us just a brief summary of what that parable is about? It's a parable that most of us have heard. It's found in all the synoptic gospels. So you read it in Matthew, Mark, and uh, in Luke. And for this Sunday, it was from Luke. Um, it's really uh, interesting to see the comparison between how all the, the gospel writers or the synoptic gospel writers are, are writing uh, this parable. And so uh, it's really familiar with the church. Uh, most of us, uh, majority of us know it. And... Um, so I'm just preaching on that. And specifically, I wanted to focus on the conversation that Jesus is having with the disciples uh, on where he's giving us the explanation of the parable. You know, it's not always that Jesus gives us an explanation uh, for a parable, but this is one of the few times where Jesus uh, gives us that explanation. Um, and so I just wanted to focus on that conversation. And I am curious, because um, we are focusing on what the Gospel of Luke says with that parable, but is there any major differences with the parable and the other synoptic gospels? What I've noticed is that Matthew and Mark are really close in their wording, uh, where Luke is, um, might have uh, a difference in sequence, uh, but it's, it's very minor, um, but it's very close together with, with all of them. Interesting. I had a, well, I guess this isn't a here submitted question, but someone did email just saying, how their family after the service had talked about all three readings from the lectionary, just how well they, they fit together. Um, and I wanted to ask, like, when you, I knew you were preaching on the gospel, but did you look at the Old Testament and epistle as well for just uh, for study and getting ready for your, your sermon? Yeah, I was really intrigued by uh, our Old Testament reading from Isaiah, where um, it speaks about that the word will uh do its purpose. It will, it will fulfill what God has uh, intended it to do, and that was really interesting to see in that in that context. Uh, I was studying a little bit more about it, and it's uh, part of Isaiah. You know, we read from f- chapter forty to fifty-five where God is speaking words of comfort to the people, and so there's these words of comfort being given through Isaiah in Isaiah fifty-five, where God's word is going to accomplish. Uh, and will give comfort to people, and it will accomplish its purpose. Um, interestingly, then you get to read uh, our epistle reading from Hebrews, and the the two-edged sword, that, that analogy comes up in Luke um, earlier in the gospel. And so it, it really combines all of it together, uh, speaking about what is God's word doing. Um, it, it's fulfilling its purpose, it's giving comfort to people, um, it's also, uh, as it says with the two-edged sword, it's, it's showing uh, how much our need is for God. You know, it, it's, a, it's a call to repentance and, uh, and uh, a reminder that God is the one that's giving us faith through his word. Um, and then, uh, of course, Jesus uh, gives us this parable of the sower, which, which shows, you know, how is uh, our life of faith mean? How does uh, our life look like living in the word? What was the central teaching of your sermon? The central teaching goes back to that conversation, as I mentioned, where uh, Jesus is telling that uh, this parable is meant to give them uh, the secrets or the mystery of the kingdom of God. And so uh, the disciples are 
or just trying to understand what does this parable mean and this parable is uh, a kingdom parable it is jesus saying how is his word reaching to the people how his word is accomplishing its its task and how people are coming to faith but it also shows the life of what is our life in the faith look like and uh, jesus is giving different examples of how people are in the faith and and so uh that's where the challenge comes in is for the disciples to see uh you know how is god's word working and what does it mean to be a faithful follower of that word it is really interesting that we see in the parable how the sower is spreading seed just everywhere without any regard to where he's really putting it even putting it on um you know, thorns are on, on rocks, knowing that, I mean, he's the sower. He's no, he knows it's not going to take, take root and take hold. Um, yet he still does this like for the sake of the good soil, just kind of interesting. I guess kind of thinking about that, this is only one of four soil, right? The good soil is the only one, um, which just seems so, so small compared to the other three quarters where it did not take hold. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. So I just, uh, you know, and uh, sorry. And I guess just going back to the, the readings too, about how the word of God is living and active and it's going to still accomplish what it's, what it was, it set out to do, but sometimes it doesn't always seem that way. Does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying? Right. And, and Jesus is giving us that example of the different soils. The, the word is doing it. It's creating faith. But, uh, what I wanted to bring out, uh, especially for my, for my sermon is that, uh, the word with Christ, the word with the sower, the one who is giving the word, but also uh, the person doing the action as well, that uh, we come to faith through the word from the one who is giving us the word. Uh, we cannot understand the word apart from the one who announces it. So it is the word with with God, with Christ, who gives us that, that understanding um, to be living at that life of faith, uh, he just, he brings it all together with his word. And so um, our life of faith definitely includes not only the word, but the one who gives us the word. I'm glad you brought up understanding. We have that in the parable. And then in your sermon, you had some examples of when you go see a movie and you're watching it, like you're seeing everything it's presenting, yet you don't understand or if you bring a visitor to church, right, and you both are going through the same service, and you may understand, but the visitor may be like, what just happened? And I thought that was a really great comparison to think of. Yeah, I just wanted to bring in some perspective of uh, what is this uh, seeing and hearing and understanding look like? Um, and I, it's probably something that all of us have, have felt in our life. Um, and so uh, there is hope that comes with this because uh, we rely on the sower. We rely on Christ to give us that understanding through his word. You had mentioned towards the beginning of your sermon how sometimes we don't see and we don't understand. Um, and yes, you just said through Christ we do have that understanding. Uh, but how come there are those times when we don't see and we don't understand? I think that's why I wanted to bringing that emphasis on uh, including people. Um, that just to bring in that understanding that we are not alone in this, 
you know, there was a great crowd that was hearing the, the parable. The disciples were hearing the parable. Even us sitting at church, hearing the word of God, we think to ourselves, we may not understand, but we know that we live in a, a community in communion with the people of faith. And so uh, we are taking this journey together, um, just as I brought in the sermon, just as Jesus walked with the two men who were traveling to Emmaus. They were they were talking about all that they had seen and heard. They, they, they knew what had happened in Jerusalem uh, with the death of Jesus. And yet, in the midst of that, Christ comes along and, 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 it, and it shows us, uh, shows them who he is. And uh, there's just a great beauty in that, that we are not walking alone in the faith, but we are walking with the community of believers. And we know where two or three are gathered, Christ is present and he is showing us and showing us and giving us his word and and helping us understand uh understand who he is and his word better i really like that so we're not ever alone being part of the church that even if there are times where we don't understand we have one another to point us to the word point us back to christ who who really is the only one who can open our eyes to to fully see his word awesome so i have a uh, here's submitted question that has to do, you know, with this reading. And the question is, how does the devil take away the word from the heart? And this is referring to, I'll just read this for our listeners. Verse 12 in the parable, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So how does that happen? My thought is going right away to, to Genesis where God gave them a command to not uh, eat uh, the fruit uh, from the tree. And yet what is what happens in their midst? Uh, the devil comes in and uses that same word and uh, implants this doubt, implants this, uh, this confusion. Uh, did God really say that? Uh, and, and tries to make us not be steadfast in what God has revealed to us. And so sometimes we may hear the word, we may, uh, we may be living it, but there are uh, these uh, spiritual battles uh, where the devil will come in and will try to make us doubt and question, did God really say that? Does, does God really you know, say that you are saved, that I have saved you um, by, by Christ? And so we, uh, this is a reminder for us that uh, you know, God is the one who who never abandons us. He's always with us and reminding us that, yes, he is faithful to his word. He is the one that saves us. Yeah, I like that you go back to Genesis with what happened Adam and Eve. Um, and I mean, the parable doesn't just talk about the devil that takes away the word, right, um, from their hearts, but also the world and, and our sinful flesh is in there. I mean, thinking about the last part, um, for, for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. So it's not even specifically, you know, mentioning the devil did that there, but just, you know, we talk about this a lot. We'll hear this in other sermons or Bible studies about devil world or sinful flesh. It's, it's like what you said. It's that, that spiritual battle that we are constantly, you know, fighting until, until either Christ comes again or comes again, or we are, you know, with him after death. Um, so I think I think it's a good question though. Like it, it does kind of make you 
It, it's a reminder that. that we're living in that tension that, yeah, God has given us his word. Christ has done this for us. But also uh, there is this sinful, broken world where Satan does not want us to live under that grace of God. And so we as Christians living in that tension, um, uh, this parable is just a great reminder on our dependence on uh, having the presence of God with us and uh, keeping us steadfast in his word. Yeah, and I love that you use tension. It's so true because this parable does show we we do not choose Jesus, right? It's it's the sower, right? And then, you know, he, he brings us to faith um, by the word of God. But at the same time, we can definitely reject God. Um, we can fall into sin and turn our backs on, you know, on him in a way. Um, so both things, even though they may, may seem contradictory, these are the truths that, that scripture shows us, right? It doesn't say that it's God who takes away the word from their hot heart, right? Like he's, he's saying it's the devil or it's the cares of this world that's doing it. There is one a good thing that comes out of this, and Jesus says that, that we are to know the, the mystery of the kingdom of God. And uh, that mystery is, uh, has been fully revealed. Uh, it is the death and resurrection of Christ. And so we cling on to that. We hold on to that. That is our faith. That is our hope. That is the promise that we live out uh, our life of faith. Um, in that understanding of what the kingdom of God looks like, where God comes to us uh, through, his, through his means uh, of his grace, um, through the sacrament. Uh, you know, this is how he reveals himself and comes to us through his body and blood present. So he's the one that sustains us and keeps us steadfast in that word. So this parable reminded me, last year I did a Bible study on parables uh, with some of the women of the church on a book called Scandalous Stories. And so I don't know if any of the women who went to my study are happening to listen to this right now, uh, but I did kind of just want to share something that I thought was really cool that I think goes along with what you were saying in the sermon. It talks about us being good soil, like you were saying. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and read it. It says here, The only way we can become good soil is if God, by his amazing grace, makes us good soil who can hear and understand his word. Here's the good news for us. God is in the business of opening up ears and making people good soil fit for his kingdom. Check this out. Psalm 46 says, In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Or more literally in the Hebrew, but ears you have dug for me. As he brings you to himself in the waters of baptism, the heart and soil of your soul is softened, the rocks are washed away, and the thorny weeds are uprooted. New ears are being dug for you. I thought that was really cool, just the Hebrew about what it said about ears being dug for you. So once again, we don't get any of that credit. That's the Lord, the generosity of him, right? He's given us ears to hear and eyes to see. Okay, well, I have... One more here submitted question um, that actually has to do with pastors, and Pastor Adam is here right now, so I figured I'd go ahead and ask him the question. Um, how are you doing, Pastor? Hey, Deaconess. All right, so here is a question for you, and this has to do with divine service, so not, not the sermon, but, but what happens at the beginning. It says here, who absolves the pastor since the pastor is the one doing the absolving during the divine service? That's a fun question. And just to clarify, absolving means forgiving, right? So it's when, it's when you, after we confess our sins, what do you say to the congregation? 
Yeah, yeah. So we have the words of absolution, right? Uh, Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all your sins, as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority. I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, so who forgives the pastor? I, I think that's a fair question. Well, within the service itself, um, I need to hear those words just as much as everyone else in the room. And so is the forgiveness being given at that time? Yeah, it is. And even to me? And I think there's also something to also hearing that forgiveness from someone else and for someone else to speak that. And so I have uh, other pastors that I will confess to and hear forgiveness for. Uh, we're recording on a Monday, and it happens to be tomorrow on Tuesday. We have our monthly meeting with pastors in the area, and we'll have a worship service. And when we are not hosting, uh, the pastor who leads that gets to speak the absolution into my ears, and I just, I just get to sit in the pew. And uh, uh, I, I, I treasure those moments as well. And so I, I think it's a fair question. Um, it's not that I, I don't receive forgiveness of sins, but, um, yeah, it's just that odd place of being a pastor of kind of that, um, in the stead of Christ sort of thing. Yeah, no, I love that. I'd also say um, absolution isn't something just pastors can do either, right? Um, the right. keys have been given to the church. And so, you know, you're free to hear forgiveness from, you know, all those around you as well, whether that's a friend, spouse, child, a church member even, right? Yeah. Like absolutely. we can all forgive one another in that, that same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so Sunday morning, uh, as you said, during the divine service, you know, it's um, your job there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the it's a the most appropriate for the the pastor to be there and proclaim the absolution. And outside of that, uh, yeah, as Christians, we all should be forgiving one another and proclaiming that forgiveness into each other's ears, and uh, that's that's good too, just as valid. Yeah, just as valid. And then something else I just mentioned: um, our God is so generous; He doesn't just give absolution as the only way to give us his, his grace and forgiveness. But just thinking of like, you know, communion that, that we're baptized when we hear the word of God proclaimed, you know, all of that too, um, is receiving, you know, that forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's so great about the worship services. God gives us grace in many means. And that makes me think of another sort of interesting example, you know, who communes the pastor? Um, I mean, there are some churches where the pastor will commune himself like first and then start you know, communing the rest of the congregation. Yeah, and that's kind of what I've been used to at other churches. Yeah, yeah, and uh, which is right or which is wrong. I mean, I, you know, it's uh, God is administering his grace through the bread and wine, which is the body and blood of his son. And um, I like having the opportunity for someone to put the bread in my hand and to say, take, eat, and for someone to hold the cup before me and say, take, drink. There's There's something good to be in that place of reception to never lose sight of that is always our posture as Christians, whether um, in the pews or in the pastor office, we are all receiving God's gifts because that's what we need. Well, thank you. See you later, Deaconess. Thanks for letting me uh, cut into the podcast. All right, you guys, this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermons in the show notes. And of course, you can find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And if you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thank you so much. Great. Take care, you guys. Bye. Take care, bye.